Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. How's everyone doing? I hope you guys are doing well. I hope your Thanksgiving was good. I hope you got a little bit of a break. I got quite a bit of a break because as you guys know, I was on vacation for my birthday and Thanksgiving, but we are back now. Definitely have mixed feelings about that. That's what's new with me. First off, it's freezing here. Like, so, so cold, and having just gotten back from Mexico, it definitely feels even colder. I feel like when we left Chicago, it wasn't that cold here. But since we've been gone, things have definitely taken a turn. Also, our heater has been making a weird noise. So I turned it off, but obviously, I'm cold because of that. There are a lot of blankets around me, at all times. I guess I turn the heater off regardless when I'm recording. So especially in the winter, I do record with a blanket. But guys, it's cold. And I understand that today is the last day of November. We are officially in December tomorrow, which is wild. But I guess at least the temperature is matching the season. Which, by the way, speaking of the season, it is so cute here now in the city. There are lights up. There are trees up. There are decorations everywhere. This is the best time to walk in the streets, to go places for dinner, to go into malls, anything like that. The stores are so cute. Everything is just so cute right now. So that was fun to come back to for sure. Also, it's just nice to come back home after you've been gone for a while. But of course, I am sad that I'm no longer with my family, that I'm no longer in paradise, that it's no longer my birthday or Thanksgiving. But I did have a very great time, all in all. I will recap all of that for you guys a little bit later in this episode. But before we do that, let's get into the rest of this because I have a lot of things that I want to talk about. Some things that we've kind of just missed because we had two back-to-back special episodes. So there are some things that I wanted to talk about that we have not been able to talk about yet. One of those things is our What's Hot story this week. And that is... Everything to know about the 2024 Met Gala. From Vogue, we're going to hear about the theme, the hosts, and more. Okay, so I know that this was announced a couple weeks ago. When did this article come out? Let's see, it says November 8th. So we're a little bit behind, but regardless, I still really wanted to talk about this because I love the Met Gala. It's just so beautiful to watch, to see to really showcase some of these designers in particular. I love it, so I definitely wanted to talk about it. Here's what Vogue has to say, and this is high-level stuff too that we're going to go through, which Vogue put very clear information out for us, in case you don't know what the Met Gala is, where it takes place, anything like that. We're going to talk about it right now. The first thing that they address, when will the Met Gala 2024 take place? The 2024 Met Gala will take place on Monday, May 6th in New York City at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It will celebrate the Costume Institute's new exhibition, Sleeping Beauty's Reawakening Fashion. Okay, so that's the theme, Sleeping Beauty's Reawakening Fashion. I feel like that's going to be very beautiful, whimsical, I think we're going to get huge gowns, really amazing colors, textures, patterns. 
things that are flowy, things that are structured. I feel like it's going to be anything and everything that, like this says, reawakens fashion. And if you follow these themes, a lot of times they do seem incredibly broad. Last year wasn't as broad because it was celebrating Karl Lagerfeld. So I feel like there was something more strict to go off of. You know, either his signature look or his signature looks from Chanel. The pearls, the black and whites. So I feel like 2024, we're going to see a lot more color, a lot more risks taken, some fresh stuff, maybe mixed with some classic elegant looks. I don't know. That's my prediction for now. Let's see what else Vogue tells us. What is the Met Gala 2024 theme? We just talked about this, but the 2024 Met Gala will celebrate the Costume Institute's new exhibition, Sleeping Beauty's Reawakening Fashion, but the dress code has yet to be announced. The exhibit will feature approximately 250 rare items drawn from the Costume Institute's permanent collection. Spanning over 400 years of fashion history, the pieces will include designs by Shia Pirelli, Dior, Givenchy, and more. Some garments that are too fragile to ever be worn again, such as the Charles Frederick Worth ball gown from 1877, will also be displayed via video animation, light projection, AI, CGI, and other forms of sensory stimulation. So that's actually very interesting. I think it's going to be a really cool exhibit. And kind of that idea of mixing the old with the new. You know how they're saying that some things that are too fragile to be worn again? We're going to see it in new innovative ways. I'm interested to see how that all turns out, what people's reactions to it are going to be. But pretty cool. Vogue also writes that Andrew Bolton, Wendy Yu, curator in charge of the Costume Institute, added that the exhibition will be shaped around three main, quote, zones, land, sea, and sky, that pay tribute to the natural world. He said, it is very much an ode to nature and the emotional poets of fashion. Some information for us, those that are not attending the Met Gala, how can we watch or re-watch it? Vogue says that we can stay tuned for information on how to watch the 2024 Met Gala. In past years, fashion fans have followed all the action on Vogue's live stream. The red carpet was also streamed on Vogue.com and was also broadcast live across digital platforms, as well as on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Last year's live stream co-hosts were Lala Anthony, Derek Blasberg, Chloe Feynman, and special correspondent Emma Chamberlain. The Vogue team also live-blogged thoughts and reactions to the red carpet and gave context to the red carpet looks. So this is something that I have actually watched for a couple years now. I think they've done it for two, maybe more years, I don't remember. But their live stream is really, really good. I love watching it. I watch it kind of like a movie. I love seeing all the looks in real time, seeing people's reaction to it. And I also really enjoy listening to the hosts talk to the celebrities. It's just cool to feel like you're more a part of it all, rather than just knowing that an event is going on, but not actually being able to see people in real time walk the red carpet. So I'm glad that they've added that. I'm sure that they're going to do it again. 
They have not yet announced the hosts, but Vogue says that we can expect a star-studded lineup. So we'll have to wait to hear more about that. We will also have to wait to hear more about the dress code. Last year, like I said, the theme was Karl Lagerfeld's life and work, so the guests were encouraged to dress in honor of Karl, Vogue says. So I guess we'll see what the exact dress code is this year. And then I'll also just read some of the high-level things that I told you guys that Vogue wrote about here. So first off, what is the Met Gala? The Met Gala is a charity event that is considered a fundraiser for the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute. It has traditionally been timed to mark the opening of its annual fashion exhibition. Year after year, the event raises eight-figure sums. What happens at the Met Gala? In short, it's a secret. For this reason, guests must abide by the no phone and therefore no social media policy. However, you can see exclusive photos from Vogue. The event usually involves a high-profile performer like Rihanna or Justin Bieber, and guests always explore the exhibition before sitting down together for dinner. Where is the Met Gala held? The Met Gala takes place at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City on the first Monday in May each year. Guests attending the Met Gala typically stay in hotels nearby. Last year, the Mark Hotel was a prime location for celebrity spotting. Who is invited to the Met Gala? Until the evening before the event, the guest list is top secret, but some of the biggest names in the business regularly attend, from Beyonce and Lady Gaga to Madonna and Rihanna. More often than not, designers attend with their muses. Think Marc Jacobs and Kate Moss. And then finally, who attends the Met Gala? The event usually hosts around 600 attendees. The event welcomes stars, young creatives, and industry paragons each year. If you guys want to revisit some of the best looks from longtime Met Gala attendees, such as Blake Lively, Sarah Jessica Parker, Rihanna, and more, feel free to check out Vogue. They have so much more about it from past years so many amazing moments from this event. It's a really fun time for fashion lovers, I'm sure for celebrities. It's cool, I always look forward to it, and I'm excited for this theme for 2024. So we will be patiently awaiting the first Monday in May. That's it for what's hot, now let's get right into what's good, because I have some content to recommend to you guys this week. First up, is a movie. It is a movie that my brother told me about that I instantly added to my list because it sounded like it was going to be something that I really liked. He thought that it was going to be something that I really liked and he was absolutely right. I loved this movie. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. So well written. The acting was so good. I was entertained from start to finish. So this movie is called... Theater camp. Here's your summary. Eccentric staff members of an upstate New York theater camp must band together when their beloved founder falls into a coma. It stars Molly Gordon, Noah Galvin, Jimmy Tatro, Ben Platt, Iowa Debris. It was just so funny, but also so heartwarming. The story just kind of makes you want to root for everybody. It's really great. If you were at all a theater kid, I feel like you'll appreciate it. 
I will say, I don't think I was this kind of level of theater kid, but I was a costume design major, okay? So I understand this world. To some degree, I get these kids. The community element of it all is so incredible. Also, the kids that were in this film doing the acting as their individual parts in this movie, but at the theater camp, they were really, really talented. I believed every single one in their role. If you guys have not seen this yet, definitely check it out. It came out this year, this past summer, and you can watch it on Hulu. Next up for what's good, another movie. One that I've wanted to see for so long, and I've sort of been holding off because I knew that I was going to love it. So you know when you have a movie that you haven't seen yet, and you're pretty sure you're really, really going to enjoy watching it? You kind of just want to not watch it so that you always have that movie as an option. I don't know if that's just me, but that's definitely what I did for this movie. But after I came home from vacation this past weekend, I wanted to do nothing else but watch movies on my couch, eat popcorn, just fully relax, have a mini vacation after my vacation. So that's what I did, and I decided there's no better time than to watch this movie when I truly have no responsibilities in that current moment, and I can just enjoy it fully. So I watched it, and as predicted, I loved it. This movie is Air. Here's your summary. Sonny Vaccaro and Nike pursue basketball rookie Michael Jordan, creating a partnership that revolutionizes the world of sports and contemporary culture. This movie stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Michael Jordan, Chris Tucker, Jason Bateman, Viola Davis, Chris Messina. There are a lot of stars in this movie, and I thought it was incredible. To be fair, this is one of my favorite kinds of movies. It incorporates a true story, drama, and a little bit of sports, but not solely focused on sports. You know what I mean? Like one of my favorite movies is Moneyball, and it has basically all of those same elements too. It's just so good. It was also directed by Ben Affleck, so he both directed and starred in it, which I always find so impressive. But yeah, this was great. The story in and of itself is just a really interesting one and how this partnership really did change a lot of things. I also love just being able to see how Michael Jordan's mom was so incredibly involved in making sure that he got the best of the best. Because when you are a star that shines as bright as Michael Jordan did, you are influencing industries in a really big way. And she knew that. So she fought for things that were not necessarily the norm, but she felt were the right thing to do based on how much influence he had, how much money he could make for these companies. I loved her role. I loved her influence. And then just the business side of it too. How many hoops they had to jump through in order to even be able to present the partnership to Michael. And then the odds were against them because Nike was not Michael Jordan's first pick for a partnership. I won't give any more away than that. Sorry if I already gave too much away, but I just really loved it. So whether you're familiar with this story or not, 
I highly encourage you to see it. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. Next up for what's good, you guys, I finally finished another book. I started it on vacation, and I finished it the day that I came back, which I was a little bit disappointed because I think this is one of the first times that I started a book on vacation but didn't finish it while I was still there. Usually I read like two books when I'm on a relaxing vacation, but that did not happen this time. I think I was just in the water more, doing more stuff with other people, I guess, so there wasn't a lot of time to read. But still, I almost finished it, and then I finished it when I got home. And I will say, I loved this book. I kind of thought that I would because it is by, I guess now, one of my favorite authors, Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've loved everything that I've read by her. I've read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Daisy Jones and the Six, and then now, this book that I just finished, Malibu Rising. I really enjoyed it. I will read you guys the summary, which I guess is just the back of the book. I don't know. I'm reading it from online, but I feel like it just gives you the full picture of what this book is about. Here we go. Malibu, August 1983. It's the day of Nina Riva's annual end of summer party, and anticipation is at a fever pitch. Everyone wants to be around the famous Rivas. Nina, the talented surfer and supermodel, brothers Jay and Hud, one a championship surfer, the other a renowned photographer, and their adored baby sister Kit. Together, the siblings are a source of fascination in Malibu and the world over, especially as the offspring of the legendary singer Mick Riva. The only person not looking forward to the party of the year is Nina herself, who never wanted to be the center of attention and who has also just been very publicly abandoned by her pro-tennis player husband. Oh, and maybe Hud, because it is long past time for him to confess something to his brother, from whom he's been inseparable since birth. Jay, on the other hand, is counting the minutes until nightfall, when the girl he can't stop thinking about promises she'll be there. And Kit has a couple secrets of her own, including a guest she invited without consulting anyone. By midnight, the party will be completely out of control. By morning, the Riva mansion will have gone up in flames. But before that first spark in the early hours before dawn, the alcohol will flow, the music will play, and the loves and secrets that shape this family's generations will all come rising to the surface. Malibu Rising is a story about one unforgettable night in the life of a family the night they each have to choose what they will keep from the people who made them and what they will leave behind. Dun dun dun! <laughs> okay, so as you can tell, this book has celebrity elements, it has secrets, it has scandals, it has information that unfolds, it has really substantial main characters, it has a beautiful setting... There's just a lot about this that, in my opinion, made it a really good beach read, but also made it generally a really good read. I was thinking about this, and I feel like what I really love about Taylor Jenkins Reid's books is that at least what I've read so far, it feels like it's not a twist or anything super out of left field that makes the book entertaining. I feel like what I actually enjoy about it 
is really the full story. I really like the way that she writes. I like the way that she defines her characters, establishes the characters. I just feel like you really get to know them. And the settings in which she writes in feel fun and exciting and just somewhere that you could see yourself maybe wanting to be. Just even to be a fly on the wall. Which is kind of how I feel sometimes when I'm reading a book. It's like I'm just a fly on the wall to this experience that's happening through the pages. So I really liked it. When I was done with it, I was like, wow, this was a really good, engaging, complete story. So if you guys have read any of her past work, liked her past work, or if you've never read anything by her, I definitely would suggest this one. I think next from her, I'll probably read Carrie Soda is Back, which there was a mention of Carrie Soda in this book. So I'm interested kind of what that crossover is going to be like from that book to this book. I'll let you guys know what I find out once I end up reading that book, but I'm not going to do it yet because I still have to finish Lessons in Chemistry. I'm also reading that book right now, but I'm almost done with it, so I will give you guys a recap once I finish. Another thing too, though, that I wanted to say about Malibu Rising, and I think this is just an opinion that I have about every book that I read, I encourage you guys to read the acknowledgements in these books. And I guess I encourage it because I love to read them. Maybe if you don't really care that much about the author and just enjoy reading the story, then you might not find this that interesting. But I love reading the acknowledgements in every single book that I read. They always make me tear up. And it's so funny because, of course, I do not know these people. I don't know these authors. But the personal notes that they write to people... Sometimes it could just be one line that as a reader that doesn't know this author, it doesn't mean anything to you, but it seems like it's an inside joke or an inside memory to whoever they're writing it to, whoever they're addressing it to in that part of the acknowledgement. That gets me almost every time. Because even though I don't understand what it means to that other person, having little call-outs like that to people that you care about so much that helped the author get through this book that presumably encouraged her read early drafts of her work anything like that I don't know I just love to think about the fact that writing a book is so much work I can't even imagine starting that so the idea of finishing that putting out your body of work giving it to the world to consume, it just must feel so amazing, such an accomplishing feeling. But at the same time, it's your own work. It's your own words, your own story. So letting that go out into the world, I'm sure there's a lot of mixed emotions about that. But I don't know, reading these acknowledgements, I just feel almost like proud of this author that I do not know. I don't know if that sounds odd, but it's true for me. So if it sounds like something that you would enjoy, I highly encourage you to read the acknowledgements because these writers, they're not just good story writers. A lot of times they write things that seem to be incredibly meaningful to the ones that they love most in this world. So the fact that they include that in these books and we're able to read that too, I don't know. I just find it to be really cool, so... 
check that out too at the end of your books if it sounds like something that you would care about. All right, guys, last up for what's good, your song. It is called Jimmy the Chameleon by Brookside. As always, you can find it on our playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good, on Spotify. And now to round out this episode, let's get into Need to Know Basis, which this week is focused entirely on my recess recap. Because that's what it felt like. Like I was on this nice little break, and now I'm back from recess, have to go back to work. But on my recess break, there were so many amazing things that happened. You guys know my birthday. So to start off, my birthday in general was so much fun. I told you guys this before, but being able to celebrate with my family and my boyfriend in a beautiful place was something that I was definitely really excited about, and it far exceeded any expectations that I could have had, even though I told you guys I tried to not have expectations for it. So without any expectations, of course it exceeded expectations. But truly, it was so much fun. The night before my birthday, me, my boyfriend, my sister, and her boyfriend all went down to the beach at night, We were singing and dancing on the beach, by the water, on the sand. It was so fun. We brought out drinks. We brought out music. It was such an incredible way to rein in 27. I was just really having the best time. Like, thinking about it now, I'm smiling so big. It was just special. It feels like a little moment that I'm going to think back on and just smile to myself that that happened. It was the perfect night, and as the clock struck 12 a.m. on my birthday on November 20th, 2023, my sister's boyfriend played the theme song for White Lotus Season 2, which is just the funniest thing, because I don't know why, but in my mind, I was like, I think he's going to play this song. Not only do I think he's going to play this song at midnight, I hope that that's the song that he plays at midnight which is sort of random, and weirdly, he played that song. I don't know what that was, that both of our minds were just on the same track there, but it was incredible. It was the best track to play at that moment. And then, of course, the day of my birthday was incredible. We went into town, we walked around, we had a really great brunch by the water, I had my mimosa, Then we went back to where we were staying. I watched the sunset from the ocean, which was incredible. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous sunset. This whole vacation, the sunsets were completely unmatched. Every single night, beautiful sunset after beautiful sunset after beautiful sunset. But yes, for my birthday, we were in the ocean, had our beers, watched the sun go down, And then we had a really nice dinner outside, had seafood. I just loved being able to be with everyone, feel so celebrated. It was perfect. And then the rest of vacation was also amazing. My brother and his girlfriend came in, so we got to spend some great time with them. Of course, Thanksgiving happened while we were there, which I was so happy that my whole family was there for that. They did indeed have turkey, 
which I did not know that they were going to. No stuffing, unfortunately. But they had turkey, they had mashed potatoes, they had cranberries. I was actually very pleasantly surprised by all that they did have. Not as good as my dad's Thanksgiving dinner, nothing will ever beat that. But definitely a really good dinner, a really great time. They also had a pool table at the place that we were staying at. So we had fun doing that some nights. What else did we do? Just relaxed a lot, honestly. Oh, and then also we went to a restaurant in town that I have to tell you guys about. So this is a restaurant that my parents had gone to years, years, years ago. And they would go there every time that they were in Cozumel. But when we went back to town the first time, the restaurant wasn't there. So my dad specifically was so bummed about it. He was like, oh no, I love this restaurant. It was the best. So he was talking to a taxi driver about that. He was like, I'm so sad this restaurant's gone. And the taxi driver was like, oh no, actually it's not. They just moved locations. So my dad was so incredibly happy. And the taxi driver was like, yeah, let me drive you by it. Let me show you where it is now. So we drove by it, and then of course we were like, okay, we have to come back, we have to eat here. So we did. The restaurant is called El Foco. It is family-run. It is so incredibly good. Like, so, so, so amazing. It's also so cute where it is. Everything is beautiful. Everybody that works there is just the absolute kindest. And the chefs are, oh my gosh, amazing, incredible. I will be thinking about that meal for a long time, as my dad has been. I am sure that we will go back, but if you guys ever end up going to Cozumel, I would definitely check it out. Again, it's called El Foco. So incredibly good. And then the rest of the vacation, just took it easy. I got a massage. I was actually gifted a massage by one of my mom's best friends. She also came on this vacation with us which I was so happy to have her there too. She's amazing. Of course she is. She's friends with my mom, who's also incredible. But yeah, she gifted me a massage for my birthday, which was so, so nice of her. And I love that. I got to have my birthday massage on vacation. What more could you ask for? Even though it was different, even though it was not what I am used to for the holiday, it still was fantastic. So I'm happy that we all went. It was a phenomenal recess. I'm sure I'm forgetting some parts from it, but all in all, it was a really great time. Definitely one for the books. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of the week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. Welcome in December. It is starting tomorrow. We are now fully in the holiday season. So turn on the lights, put out the decorations, and don't forget to stay peachy, my friends.